Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like when the tailgate party shows up at your house after the big win. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this could sideline your savings. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. An epic matchup between your two favorite teams, and you're at the game getting the most from what it means to be here with American Express. You breeze through the card member entrance, stop by the lounge. Now it's almost tip-off, and everyone's already on their feet. This is gonna be good. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your live sports experience at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Eligible American Express card required. Benefits vary by card and by venue. Terms apply. Hey guys, Justin here. We're going to get to the podcast in just a second, but first I want to give a thanks to Blue Wire sponsors for this week, Indochino, ShipStation, and Harry's. If you've seen RJ Barrett pregame this year, you know that Indochino has been helping stylish Canadians like him and myself look great all year. But Indochino is not just there for people north of the border. They're here for everybody. Indochino is the world's largest made-to-measure menswear brand. They make suits, shirts, coats, and more. And everything is made to your exact measurements for a great fit. Indochino's process is simple. You choose your fabric, pick your customizations, and submit your measurements. Your package will be delivered straight to your door within two weeks. You can get measured and design your suit at your nearest Indochino showroom or do it all yourself online at Indochino.com. Right now, you can get $30 off your total purchase of $3.99 or more at Indochino.com when entering blue wire at checkout plus shipping is free that's indochino.com promo code blue wire for 30 dollars off your total purchase of 3.99 or more an incredible deal for made to measure clothing you really have no excuse anymore to wear clothing that doesn't fit and now to the podcast blue wire It's over! Cleveland is a city of champions once again! The Cleveland Cavaliers select Colin Sexton, Darius Garland. Here comes Sexton. Some rhythm. And he got it! Young Ball continues to wear him up! Do you know what the Cavs fans are calling the Darius Garland, Colin Sexton backcourt? What? Sexland. Oh, that's good. Welcome to the Chase Down Podcast, part of the Blue Wire Network. I'm your host, Justin Rowan. What a terrible night for my fantasy hockey team. Just brutal. <laughs> Got guys on the IR. Uh, Landis Cog's not back. Hornquist is out. Uh, Alex Edler's now on IR. It's, I'm just in shambles. It's a real tough year for your boy. So I'm going to take some of the pressure and, and, and find some escapism in talking about the Cleveland Cavaliers. Oh, and, and no. what a cast I have today. That voice you hear is my co-host, Carter Rodriguez. Carter, how's it going, buddy? 
I'm grumpy. Uh, I wasted it. one of my last uh, last free available evenings as a not father on that fucking garbage. <laughs> oh man! I, I, honestly, I think more people are going to tune in now because people seem to love Grumpy Carter. Um, but if they're not coming for Grumpy Carter, they're coming for other co-hosts today. Lazarus Jackson is with us today, host of the Pistons vs. Everybody podcast, part of the Blue Wire Network as well. Laz, how's it going, man? I'm doing great, and the only <laughs> season I played fantasy hockey, I won my championship because I was the only person who bothered to set my lineups daily. So, <laughs> see, we we got a pool uh, with me and my friends, and last year was the first year we did pick trading. I won the league, um, but a bunch of people just had a fire sale at the end of the year, so they would have like six picks in the first two rounds. Wait, you had a bunch of processors in your league? How dare they? Big time. It, it was awful. We, we've changed the rules around, but um, we are not here to talk about that yeah. at all. <laughs> we are here to talk about the absolute beatdown the Detroit Pistons put on the Cleveland Cavaliers. Coming into this podcast, and, and my process typically whenever we have a guest on is I, I like to think about, okay, well, where might this podcast go? What I was kind of hoping for was either a competitive game or the Cavs win, and we get to talk about how the Detroit Pistons are probably a better team than their record. Um, they made that point for me tonight. <laughs> Walk me through some of your thoughts as you uh, got your first glimpse, a uh, real good glimpse of the Cavs this season. So the thing that I immediately noticed was that Kevin Love only took seven shots. Like, yeah. Love is a guy who I imagine would thrive in a beeline system, but it seems like between the fact that you've got, you know, two very young guards, one relatively young wing and starting lineup, those guys aren't doing the best job of distributing. Mm -hmm. Um, Love himself is just kind of floating through games. And so like, that was what really stood out to me. On the other hand, like Blake Griffin made like six threes. Like just yeah. threes, and so like that, the winning that matchup is uh, really useful if you're trying to beat. Do you the remember um, that it was when Love was still in Minnesota and Griffin was still in LA, and they just like each dropped fifty on each other? No, it was just like oh, this. Yeah. It was at least it was like thirty apiece, and like it was funny because both were bad defenders and both were ill-equipped to stop what the other one did well at the time. Um. And boy, do I long for those days right now. I mean, Kevin Love never woke up in this well, see, game. You got to remember, for me, all of my Kevin Love memories are like Tobias Harris being unable to like do anything <laughs> with him in a playoff series for oh, four man. games. And so, like, yeah, we, we have differing perspectives on like how good <laughs> Kevin it, It's is. kind of fun. It's kind of funny to see the uh, Kevin Love-Blake Griffin parallels because obviously both guys have done a lot of work on their game over the years. Um, I think Blake's transformation has been a little bit more dramatic just because he's added so much to his game. Um, but even now, you you have two teams that um, are below 500. Obviously, the Pistons are in a much better position. But um, the conversations around both players are similar. They're, they're tremendous basketball players that can help a lot of teams. Um, but how people view them as an asset is different based on their contract and kind of what they're prioritizing with team building. Um, both players you see mentioned in targets for trades and things like that. Um, but on the other hand, Griffin um, showed tonight that 
hey, when you have them on your team, it makes watching basketball entertaining. It, it gives you something to, to look for. And now that he's healthy and back in the lineup, I expect the Pistons to get back in the playoff picture. Obviously, Kevin Love didn't do the same thing tonight, but these are guys that can really raise, raise the floor of your team. No, absolutely. I think in the most the biggest thing that Blake has actually brought is like an off the court, like leadership perspective, like the, right. We, we talked a little bit about how the Pistons have been underperforming. Part of that is they've lost three games against the Hornets by a combined seven points already. <laughs> Damn. That, that's rough. Ooh. And so after the last one, Blake came out and was like, this is unacceptable. Like we can't like live like this. Like, well, I'm trying to remember the exact quote. He's like, we love to win, but like, mm-hmm. we're not willing to fight for it. And it's right. just like, like you, you need a dude who's like willing to say that in the locker room and like openly to the media. And like since then, they've won two straight games by thirty points. Yeah, feels feels good. And like, yeah, the- I, I mean, you look at the East standings right now, and the Pistons are currently out of the playoff race. Um, just or actually, just a couple losses behind the Magic right now. Mm-hmm. Um, their point differential after that shit kicking is up to plus one. It was like I think minus uh, point five. Prior. Yeah, we're, we're I mean, great yeah, for and that. Like, and like prior to the game uh, on Sunday, it was like in the like minus two ish mm-hmm. range. Yeah. Uh, what What's kind of your thoughts on the state of the Pistons? Like, where do you want to see the, the How do you want to see this season play out? So, it's really there's like this huge bifurcation among the fan base. Um, especially bifurcation after like the, on this what, podcast. What a great That's a five dollar word. word. Especially <laughs> after the third. Once you lose three times to Charlotte people are like blow this up like i'm i'm sick of this mm-hmm. and uh you know it's it's still like less than or you just now hit 20 games you're barely a fourth of the way through the season it's way too early to blow it up but you understand why people are frustrated right like you can't even like you can't even make the playoffs over or no an orlando magic team that's currently like missing their best player like mm-hmm. that doesn't look great but yeah. uh at the same time like blake started the year hurt he missed the first 10 games and it took him another five or so games to get his feet under him um mm-hmm. Reggie Jackson started the year hurt. Like he's still out. They just got the news that he will be reevaluated in two weeks. And so like, that will be like a roughly like seven week injury for him. Right. And we both, and like Reggie Jackson has been vital to this team's success, despite the fact that like he's Reggie Jackson. So <laughs> it's whatever. And uh, like, so it, this team still makes a lot of sense in theory on paper. It just needs to start winning games, and it looks like that might start happening. Of course, you know, they play Milwaukee tomorrow. I'm going to talk to Ty. They're going to blow us out by 20. I'm going to be sitting where you guys are sitting tomorrow, and we'll be straight. So, Hey, you never know. I, I mean, the Cavs did beat the Bucks last year somehow, so the stranger things have happened. Um, there, there are some good stories with the, uh, the Pistons as well. I almost said the Bucks because uh, you got my mind floating there. Uh, Bruce Brown Jr. Um, has been very Alan? solid. Brown. 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 <laughs> Brown. Did I say no, I didn't say Brown. No, you didn't no. you didn't, but I just I, I had something in my throat and I powered through it. That that's what uh, happened. But thank thank you for derailing on, the podcast over. If only the Cavs could do that. All right, anyway. <laughs> Mental toughness, Carter. That's what I bring to the table. Um he he's been a pleasant surprise. I, I think this was probably the first time a lot of Cavs fans got to see him. Uh has been an impact defender. I think he hit a couple threes tonight, which is, is very good to see. Um, has he been kind of one of the, the brighter surprise spots of this team or, or is there someone else you, you have in mind? I think the, the brightest surprise spot would have to be like Luke Kennard. Like honestly, Dude, might- I've, I've been see. I feel like he's shown it for like in these little spurts the last couple of years and it, 
it's just come together for him in such a crazy way. So mm-hmm. at first it was like he would, he would kind of really subside himself when Blake was on the floor. He would really defer to Blake. Right. And without Blake for the first 10 games this season, he was like scoring like 22 a game, shooting uh, I think like over 40% from three. And then Blake came back and he, it took him a while to kind of find his footing. And, but I think you saw tonight, like he was able to get into the paint against a bigger guy like Chetty. That's, that's a really good sign. Even if he was using that paint time to throw Andre Drummond bounce passes, he couldn't catch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but, but it's, it's really good to see like Luke develop into like a legitimately uh, productive and useful and efficient offensive player. Now like mm-hmm. Bruce is like his opposite, right? Like Bruce is uh, productive and efficient defensive, ah, defensively yeah. um, able to attack the rim. Him playing point guard and starting at point guard, I think is like a year ahead of schedule and that's because of the Reggie Jackson injury. Yeah. But he's done a fairly good job of it. Doesn't turn the ball over, which is like a huge thing for a guy his age. Um, can't, uh, is starting to be better about like attacking the rim and like something other than a straight line drive. And right. uh, even like can bust out a floater every now and again. We saw in summer league, he can pass. He's putting up triple doubles in summer league. And so <laughs> like, yeah, it's, it's really a, uh, it's an exciting time for like the young guys, but like that's that hasn't necessarily led to wins until the last two games, right? Yeah, and I think that he par- probably deserves some response, uh, some credit for taking Garland out of this game. He was on Garland for a lot of the night. I thought he made some really really good passes. I I that was the aspect of his game that I, I was a little bit surprised about. Uh, Luke Kennard is somebody that I always thought was going to pan out and be a good player as Carter mentioned he did have these flashes so it is nice to see him kind of have that breakthrough season uh somewhat with consistency and hopefully now that Blake's back full-time um he's going to continue to be productive um but yeah it's it it was (laughs) this was just such a a painful night and it was just another example of teams with length really giving this Cavs team problems um you would you know who else really gives this Cavs teams problem uh NBA teams yeah teams (laughs) team teams are just really hard uh basketball teams primarily like if you put a soccer team out there I think the Cavs could win well, I, I had to step on your joke because you jumped all over me as I was powering through something in my throat. So I, I had to take some fair. some I, of the thunder away there. Well, I, no, I, I mean, I, like, <laughs> speaking of, like, long, lanky dudes, though, I wanted to ask you guys about, like, KPJ. Like, that's a dude that a lot of Pistons fans had interest in. Like, obviously, they could have taken him at that pick, and it was before it was traded to Milwaukee and traded to you guys and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And, you know, he didn't, he didn't look bad tonight. Like, how's he been so far this year? He's just been really uh, – first off, I think – both of us are definitely on board. I think we both believe in him as a player and as a prospect, and we think that there is something there that can get figured out. I mean, the biggest thing with him is consistency uh, and really just the the brokeiest broke ass form on that jumper. <laughs> Like, I, I, I like that there. He's out there with Della Vadova, so it doesn't look like he has the worst <laughs> jumper on the court. Um, Jesus, man! It's like I, I honestly don't know how he doesn't like tear some ligament in his elbow at the angle <laughs> that his off arm goes. Well, no, I was thinking like you're playing him at the same time as like Jordan Clarkson, and it's just like the Spider-Man pointing meme where like they're both just like chucking. It's like no, like give that guy some structure. Like play yeah. well, Porter actually, yeah, and that's been an interesting thing with him is he does have some some juice as a as a cutter. He's shown that he's got good timing as a cutter, which is not something I was expecting. And as a passer. And as a passer. But I think you're right to say that, like, you know, when your 
options are busted ass jumper Delhi, Nance, or returning Henson, and then Clarkson. It's like his propensity is going to be to chuck, and like that. I think the Cavs need to find ways to avoid that. But overall, I've been mostly pretty pleased with them. I mean, obviously the jumper is bad, um, mm-hmm. even if the results are okay sometimes. Yeah, the, the the flashes with him are really encouraging. I, I think everybody understood that it was going to take some time for him to round out his game, and he's a lot further ahead of schedule than I think almost everybody anticipated. Um, he has good instincts on, on defense, still can get a little too handsy and called for fouls, but um, overall, um, I, I think a lot of people are impressed with what he can do defensively when, when he's locked in there. Uh, passing's a pleasant surprise. He can create space. He just can't really convert those jumpers. So um, all the tools are there and the flashes are exciting and his great games are are really, really encouraging. Um, He's just going to be one of those guys that if you look at his averages over the course of the season, you're going to say, okay, well, there's nothing really to his rookie season. Uh, But if you watch him all 82 nights and, and you see those bright flashes, you can see that there is a player there and, somebody that has one of the probably higher upsides in the draft in my opinion yeah last something you're gonna really like about this Cavs team is that uh, uh all of their numbers except Tristan and Kevin are terrible with trust us there's flashes <laughs> well no, I remember like two weeks ago when you guys were trumpeting the uh the net writing of their starting lineup and I was like uh, oh yeah, there's some stuff there maybe Maybe no. Nope. There just, was even even people games. beyond us, even uh, folks like Zach Lowe and all yeah, that, were saying, yeah. "Hey, there's something to the starting lineup." And, and not lately. So I, I actually wrote about this uh, after the sword uh, doing the the recap for this game. So I, I tried my best to, to soldier through that. And one of the observations I had with them defensively is the the starting lineup at the beginning of the year they were playing pretty good positional defense. Now it seems like. A lot of guys are trying to make the, the home run plays, the hero plays, jumping passing lanes, um, trying to kind of blitz with, with help defense. And it just leads to breakdowns. They're not good enough defensively to play that way. And I, I especially think the young guards need to put some emphasis on just solid team positional defense. Um, because as we saw against Detroit, um, teams are going to make you pay if you leave guys that open. The, the, yeah, they're funny. able to make those reads. It was funny for a brief moment uh, today. I had the thought that uh, every fan of a bad team has, which is like, man, the Cavs could use some luck with opponent three point shooting. <laughs> but like, it just feels like they're making everyone. It's like, yeah, if you leave them wide open for every single one, it's going to feel like a lot more going. Well, I mean, what was funny to me was like when you, uh, the, the Detroit uh, TV crew, like put up a shot graphic of all where all the threes came from. And like two thirds of their threes are just like left wing, left corner. Yeah. You easily see like, okay, so what's happening is like they're running high pick and roll. Um, somebody's like hedging and they're just kicking it out to the corner and like that guy's wide open. Yeah. Easy. I, I mean, if, I mean you, they, if you leave NBA players open when an NBA player has the ball, they are going to find that guy reliably. They, they're well, going to. Colin Sexton. Am I right, fellas? <laughs> <laughs> But no, they're going to make those deliveries reliably, and so will ShipStation. With the holiday rush being here, you have to be able to ship your orders out quickly, efficiently, and affordably. But how do you keep track of all those orders? Decide which shipping carrier to use, or if you're getting the best rates. Luckily, ShipStation can help. 
With just a few clicks, you'll be managing orders, printing labels, and getting those products out the door and delivered on time for the holidays. ShipStation works with all the major carriers, including the U.S. Postal Service, FedEx, and UPS, so you can compare and choose the best shipping solution for you and your customer. No wonder ShipStation is the number one choice of online sellers. You'll ship more in less time with the best rates available. Take the hassle out of holiday shipping this year. Let ShipStation help you handle it all with ease. Just use my offer code BLUE to get a 60-day free trial. That's two months free of no-hassle, stress-free holiday shipping. Just visit ShipStation.com, click on the microphone at the top of the page, and type in BLUE. That's ShipStation.com, and enter offer code BLUE. ShipStation.com, make ship happen, Carter. Woo! The Cavs certainly didn't make ship happen tonight, and they certainly weren't sharp. You know what you can always rely on to be sharp, Justin? What's that, Carter? Razors from our good friend at Harry's. Listeners of this show can get $5 off any Harry's shave set by heading to harrys.com slash bluewire. Free shipping ends on December 16th, so you better act now. Here's why it's a great deal for you or any any dude or hell lady in your life that... uh, that uh, is in need of a gift holiday set start at just twenty dollars that's within secret santa limits you corporate drones and harry's <laughs> play refills are as low as two dollars each so your guy will save money over time comes ready to gift in a handsome holiday gift box i kind of want to buy one just for the box and your gift gives back this is a lovely little thing that harry's is doing one percent of each sale goes to don't will be donated to charitable organizations love to see that from harry's they were charitable with me after i lost my travel cover they're charitable with everyone else too as a special offer for fans of the show we partnered with harry's to give you five dollars off any shape set including the holiday uh limited edition sets when you go to harry's.com slash blue wire plus you'll get free shipping each harry's set comes with a weighted handle with an option to engrave ever heard of it Five blade razor cartridges, foaming shave gel for a rich lather, travel cover to protect your blades, packaged again in a handsome holiday gift box. That's actually in the copy, handsome, which I like. Free shipping ends on December 16th, so act now. Just go to harrys.com slash blue wire. That's harrys.com slash blue wire. Now, Justin, what's up? I, I just uh, had to, you know, I'd taken a little break from Harry's because, you know, we're, 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 we're beard boys. You know, yeah. we don't we don't need to burn through, Ooh. you know, nine no razors. November. Like it. Yeah. Uh, you know, we don't need I don't need to burn through like a six thing of razors. You know, uh, I shave maybe once, twice, three times a month. Uh, so I, I paused it, but I, I just refreshed and I got that uh, that aftershave with aloe, a little <laughs> treat myself purchase. Can't wait for it to show up, man. Speaking about gifts around the holiday time and shipping. What do you think, Laz, what do you think the Pistons are going to do with Andre Drummond? Because I think he's somebody that I've seen non-Pistons fans talk about as either a target in free agency, uh, maybe somebody at the deadline. Um, I know it's kind of been an up-and-down relationship with Pistons fans over the years. Uh, he's made some strides uh, in kind of defending the rim and uh, just his overall defensive game. But what is kind of your take on what Drummond has become and where he fits into the Pistons' long-term plans? So Drummond has improved year over year, but right. that development has not always been linear and is, has not always been uh, shown up like consistently. 
And so like, that's always the thing, right? You'll definitely, there's definitely been fewer times when he's been like the moody guy who like doesn't try on defense, but mm-hmm. it's, it's still there. And now he's sort of trying to do too much on offense. You saw some of the outlet passes tonight. Um, he, he got stripped down the stretch of a Charlotte game that helped them uh, lose that game. And so like, you can tell the coaching staff told him like, don't dribble it down the court anymore. Cause he was, he was definitely doing that to try and initiate offense. And so like, <laughs> it's just guy, people are just really frustrated with Andre. But my thing has always been, um, you know, not that many other teams have cap space this off season. Mm-hmm. Not that many other teams are in dire need of a starting level, like all-star level caliber center. And so, like, if you can get Dre on a relatively, like, valuable deal for an extended period of time to lock him up the rest of his prime, you should absolutely do that. Right. Having talented what players does that is kind better. of deal look like? Having talented players is better than not having talented players. And I've, I've always said four years, 110. Okay. That feels reasonable. And I yeah. do think that there's this, um, with players in the archetype of Drummond that, you know, are good, not great, um, and that – would not draw a ton of interest. Like, it's so funny. These guys were always like, well, the Pistons can't pay him. Uh, they can't max him. But they also assume that nobody also else wants like, them. No one is talking about maxing him. Yeah, no like, one. <laughs> no one wants to give him a full 30% max. Nobody. Yeah, he, he actually asked them not to because it's too much pressure. Um, no. Uh, <laughs> but, like, I just think that there's this weird, like, discourse gap where we want to pretend like the team that – We'll have to max him to keep him, but then we also acknowledge that no one else would want to max him. So yeah. it's like, well, it seems like there could be something worked out here. Like the discourse gets like messed up somewhere, and I don't know how to fix that. Yeah, it gets dunked on sometimes. Oh, oh you asshole! Yes. <laughs> Thank you. Oh. No, I mean, so he tweeted. He it's funny because he tweeted about Drummond during the game, and then Andre like put up a damn near five by five, and so it's like, well, don't you look stupid, Nate? whatever yeah Uh, yeah the person i'm actually more interested in i know we kind of moved off him but i think it's kind of worth noting just to continue those parallels with the Cavs, because uh with the Cavs, everyone wants the Cavs to trade kevin love for peanuts Mm -hmm. um specifically to portland yeah specifically to portland but to any (laughs) contender just to get him out of cleveland and somewhere more interesting and you know they they cite the contract uh they cite the age they cite injuries sure sounds like a certain power forward in detroit and you know where do you stand on like where you want blake griffin to fit into this pistons team i mean are you on the fence of just trade him to get off that horrible horrible deal which is obviously much worse than kevin's but nevertheless he's probably a little bit better than kevin right now yeah i he he's been so good for the fan base to like finally have an actual star to like hold on to in Detroit that I think even having him as just like a guy who plays 60 games a year and produces at like a close to all-star level, if that's ultimately like once he, what he ends up being like two years from now, I, I think that's fine. I wouldn't necessarily like re-sign him for the same contract he's got now, especially mm-hmm. since he'll be, I think like 32 or 33 by the time that rolls around. Right. But like what, again, like what he brings as a leader uh, is just like so valuable for a team that like has been kind of just drifting aimlessly for like the last decade or so, ever since the Chauncey Billups trade. And mm-hmm. so, let's say let's say a team did want to come calling, and uh, it would take a lot. It would take you, a lot. You would ask for you would not ask for just cap relief. No, no. You so you'd want picks, and you'd want like one young guy, 
man, you'd, I'd be willing to eat some bad salary, but like, uh, give me like a, some picks and like one young guy. Yeah. That makes sense to me. I don't know. It's just so funny that the people who want teams like the Cavs and Pistons to make these kind of deals are typically the ones who don't have to watch these guys. <laughs> yeah. Right. And, and then they shame them for tanking and, oh, my God, well, well it's, it's they the don't deserve like, a high pick, blah, blah, blah. Well, it's, make, making the eight seed in the East is just so useless from a team-building perspective. There's no value in making the playoffs, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. But blah. also, we so, got to fix tanking. Yes, <laughs> yes right. absolutely. God, no, people don't know what they want. You know what? That's what drives me nuts about this whole NBA ratings discussion is because there's no way to know what the real cause is. Everyone just lays it on whatever their biggest gripe is. If it's tanking, they'll mention that. If it's um, teams in LA having star power, they'll say that. Um, if it's uh, LeBron has ruined the league, Sam and Andy will do that. Like there, there's just everyone will find their angle uh, for this one. Harden will get some blame too. Um, yeah, so social media inside the NBA, right? Absolutely, like, it's it's all of that. It it probably isn't that all the star power is in the west and the star power that's in the east is hurt and if nobody's watching the early games they're probably not going to go over to the evening games uh, <laughs> no that couldn't be it no no ab- absolutely not it couldn't be lebron that the- in the east is a cheat code that the league never should have let leave yeah it will blame nike for that one because they're the one that paid them to go to la oh, yeah, um, brother. uh so if the pistons do kind of execute your uh, vision or, or or at least your preference of keeping Griffin around from a leadership standpoint, very, very similar to what we've kind of wanted from Kevin Love. Um, what would you want to see from them uh, this season? Cause obviously they aren't in the upper echelon of teams in the Eastern conference. Um, do, do you want them to be buyers? What, what assets would they, they kind of, would you be comfortable parting with to improve this product? Uh, what, what would be the direction that you'd like to see? So I would, I just had a big long podcast on Sunday about how I'd be comfortable trading the first round pick this year for Mm -hmm. immediate help, which sounded like blasphemy before they like beat the Spurs by 30 and beat Cleveland by 30 and are now only five games under 500. And and that's the Pistons versus everybody podcast on the Blue Wire Network that you guys can all check out. Yeah, we didn't really plug that, did we? I did earlier. No, no, he he got it in there. He got it in there. I'm a a bad list. I I like the love. (laughs) Okay, that's uh, good. But yeah, no, I mean, they have, you know, Reggie Jackson's an $18 million expiring contract. You can, you, somebody will want that, right? Um, Langston Galloway has uh, a $7 million expiring contract and has been playing really well for whatever it's worth. So like, uh, you probably can't get another, uh, like starter for Langston, but mm-hmm. you can get another rotation level player. One that right. uh, adds a little bit more size in the perimeters, maybe a little bit better team defender or something like that. Um, so yeah, I would, I would be interested in like small uh, additions to this team to make a uh, to shore up their weaknesses of like guarding bigger wings. Like they have no, they're going to play the Bucks tomorrow. I think they've lost to the Bucks like eight straight times. They have like literally no one on the roster who can guard Gian- Giannis. And I know no one in the league can guard Giannis, so that's not really that much of a problem. But like they also have nobody who can guard Chris Middleton, and that is a problem. You can't not guard both of those guys at the same time. <laughs> yeah, I think the Cavs can relate pretty well to this right now. These teams are more similar than you think. You know, loaded up with expirings, washed, uh, you know, a, a power forward that was once a superstar that a lot of people think is washed up. Both um, cities have a complicated relationship with Dan Gilbert. It, it's all there. Uh, 
young <laughs> young guards in the backcourt. Like, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm with you. So is yeah. Milwaukee the team when you look at the Eastern Conference that you say that that's kind of the cream of the crop? That's that's Cream City, baby. Um, or, or is there another oh, team? God, I hate those uniforms it's so, so much. Bad. It is so <laughs> bad. I, I feel like they're trying to capitalize on the sex line movement and and, and they, they're pivoting. Now they that's want probably the what the line. Bucks marketing team was thinking. I think so. I, I think Wendy sold us out when when he mentioned Does. it to the national audience. They're like, oh man, we got to get this Cream City thing going. Guys, Definitely. I think those Chase Down boys sold 19 shirts. We gotta, <laughs> we gotta well, get def- on this. It definitely wasn't the guys at Nike working for like eight months before you even came up with Sexland because they hadn't drafted Garland yet. Couldn't no. have been, absolutely <laughs> been. not. Couldn't have been. Uh, but is Milwaukee the cream of the crop? Pardon the pun. Yeah. No, um, before the season, yeah, I would have said Philadelphia, West. and you know they've started relatively slow. Um, and but they. Philadelphia to me like looks more suited to a team to play in the playoffs than during the regular season. Like they only go eight or so deep. They're long as hell. They're tall as hell. And uh, they're willing to win a game like 88 to 85, which is sometimes like what it takes in the playoffs. So although I think Milwaukee is a better regular season team, I'm still looking at Philly as like the top of the class in the East personally. How would you, what I'm trying to figure out is how to tear out the Eastern conference. Cause my impulse is to, kind of do roughly what we had preseason which is tier one is milwaukee and philly Mm -hmm. um and then tier two is this kind of morass of toronto miami boston indy maybe brooklyn if if they get healthy you know but like i don't know if that's necessarily true anymore and i'm trying to figure out uh, justin's gonna make fun of me but like how seriously do we take toronto here um, I would take them seriously. I, I, I really don't want to make fun of you on this. I, Pascal Siakam is fantastic this year. Um, the, the fact that they won without Kyle Lowry and Serge Ibaka um, should actually kind of let people know that this team's pretty legitimate. Like you, you've had a lot of guys step up this season. Um, their young guys have developed behind the veterans. And the fact that they um, didn't even – really lose anything without Lowry and Ibaka being out um, might give Masai some firepower on the trade market to, to help improve this team. I, I still think they're ultimately a piece away, um, but teams like Toronto and, Mil- uh, Toronto and Miami, even if they can't necessarily win it all, I could see them beating any team in the Eastern Conference in a playoff series. I don't know if they can win four, play- four rounds in the playoffs, uh, but those teams, they're legitimate in my eyes. Laz, let me let me clean up the question because I didn't frame it very well. Um, how many teams can make it to the finals in the Eastern Conference right now? Oh, uh, yeah, two. <laughs> you really think just two? Because I don't know if I believe that. So I like like just going from the bottom up. Like Brooklyn is like the opposite of Philly, where that team is built to win during the regular season and like not anywhere else. They well, shoot a they shoot in the playoffs. A, they shoot a bunch of threes and don't play defense. Like that's not a winning formula in in the playoffs. I'm sorry. Um, mm-hmm. I like I like what Indiana's done. Um, I need to see what Victor Oladipo looks like when he comes back, which sounds like it could be happening sooner rather than later. I think he's got like, uh, yeah, according to like Tony East, he's got like media availability tomorrow in Fort Wayne with the with the Mad Ants. So hmm. like maybe maybe there's some news there. Maybe not. Who knows? Um, you know, Boston Boston needs a big man. They need to trade for a defensive center. I have every confidence that they'll do that. Maybe that's uh, maybe that's Marcus All. 
maybe hang on hang on hang on i i gotta get uh, a joke and you have confidence that danny ainge is going to use assets in in the trade market oh absolutely oh my god all right (laughs) shocker yeah i I think he's gonna roll with daniel tice personally It's like, I, I love Time Lord just as much as the rest of NBA Twitter, but like, am I going to play him 15 minutes in a playoff game? Probably not. I hope they uh, give up their treasure chest of assets to get Aaron Baines. <laughs> That's exactly what It would be so perfect, too. <laughs> it's such a good fit. <laughs> such a good fit. Uh, they're, they're like the Lakers. They don't know how to develop anyone. They, they leave and they look good. It's probably that they get proper coaching for the first time in their careers. Woo. Ooh. Ju- Ooh. Justin, I, I must ask, though, um, do you agree with that statement that only two teams can make the finals in the East? No, 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 no. Um, I, I think there's a bunch of teams that are a piece away. Um, I don't know why I went so dramatic with my nopes, but uh, I, I... Yeah, that was quite dramatic. <laughs> I, I think so much of this is going to come down to um, matchups in, in, in the East. I think a lot of these teams are going to be buyers at the deadline. Um, I, I think experience matters. Like I, I think Toronto probably has an edge and I, I mean, I hate giving Toronto this type of credit just because I, of how much Raptors fans annoy me. But at the same time, I do love all of Raptors media pretty much. Um, <laughs> but, uh, no I, I probably think there's about five teams that are a piece away, uh, or if the matchups break right and, and they get hot at the right time, uh, could make the finals. I, I think you're right. I, I lean more your way than Laz's way. Uh, average millennial man in the Twitch chat just asked Tristan for Boston. And I, I think that that's going to be a popular thing. And, uh, you know, uh, the Boston's tough thing own, is yeah. there's no money to match. The, no, you, Boston you guys, does not no, have you a lot guys, of tradable salaries. Let's get Marcus Smart. You mm-hmm. guys get Marcus Smart and you give him Tristan Thompson, right? Yeah. <laughs> I, I do really like Marcus Smart, but uh, I, I doubt too. Boston would do that. I <laughs> I doubt Boston would do that. Um, I'm sure they'd love to get a member of the Horford family um, back in the organization, but I, I just don't <laughs> see how the, the money would work for Tristan. Yeah, that's one of those things where that, that team, all their money is invested in their young core, and Danny Ainge is desperately in love with their young core. So it's either that or Gordon Hayward. Uh, to to make any salaries match, and he's too overpaid on the other end. So it's like it's it's going to be really hard for them to swing for that defensive center if it's a defensive center that makes any money. I will mm-hmm. say uh, there's been a like uh, very uh, vocal segment of Pistons fandom that's like trade Gordon Hayward for Andre Drummond as a way to just kind of fit uh, like what uh-huh. both teams like currently need, and like that. That's weird. Hayward probably might have played his way out of that. Yeah. Man, that's know. that's really weird. I that's man. a really weird trade. I I, don't, I can't make heads or tails of that. Like I I kind of like it for both teams, but then I don't know how they would replace what they're moving out. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, that's, huh. that and the Hayward's more prone to injury than Andre has always been. Like my hang up with that. But that's, that's, that's kind of nice. yeah. That's kind of changing chairs on the Titanic. Like yeah. ugh. Um, yeah, that, that's a weird one. Man, I'm, I'm going to need to marinate on that. That's I'm, the kind of trade I turn down when I, I'm playing 2K and I'm regulating what the other teams are doing because I don't trust the AI. <laughs> I, I think that's a, that's a pretty good analogy. So, guys, I got some really good news for you, though. Um, oh. Really, really big news. Um, what a bounce back half hour this has been for my fantasy hockey team. Justin. <laughs> 
All right, that is about it for the pod today. Ah, <laughs> uh, Jonathan Marcichal with a Hattie Palmieri with goals. Oh my God, guys um, that I picked up today got um, goals. It's I'm a beautiful sick day right now. <laughs> I just needed to discuss Justin. Carter one more time. That's that's what this really came down to. Because I never know when the the last time I'm going to pod with him is. So I, I need to uh, I need to kind of Apparently make an I'm impact. Dying. I was like, wait, yeah, dad life isn't like conducive to like podcasting i would what we're not quitting but we are taking a little break who's we i'm gonna replace you (laughs) oh wow that's fair that's fair illegal screens up in here he's he's not going to be the same after he has a child i I just don't i don't trust him (laughs) all right last thank you so much for coming on with us really do appreciate the insight with the pistons as well as the eastern conference as i mentioned everybody check it out Pistons versus everybody. You can search it, uh, search for it by name or uh, by searching Blue Wire Pods. Make sure that you do the same thing that we ask you to do for us, which is leaving a rating, leave a review, subscribe, unsubscribe, resubscribe, and help cook those books. It's the best way to help support the podcast. Um, You can also tell friends and family about it. If you want to support us directly, you can do so by finding the Chase Down Premium. Um, It's like Patreon only directly to us uh you can also be part of our discord chat by sending a screenshot of any reviews you leave for us to chase at gmail.com and we will send you that link to the discord it's a kind of cool place where you can talk about the calves uh we got game threads we got trade unfortunately discussion. we've really let a lot of not calves fans in there so it's getting more contentious by the day yeah you know what there, there is that's that. the, that's the, the Larry wars are also going on in there <laughs> but we love them nonetheless. Absolutely, we're 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 an inclusive place. I I don't I don't block anybody out. So uh, come come join us there and, and don't be a dick. Uh, so however you choose to support us, we do appreciate it. Uh, it really does mean a lot to us. Check out Pistons vs. Everybody. Support us. Leave ratings everywhere. That's the best way to support us, Nerd Sped Podcast. And until next time, go Cavs.